You are listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage one of us.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. And welcome to another episode of Digital Noise <laughs> with the Noise Boys. The Noise Boys? I don't know. It's something Aaron said at some point on another show. I'm I like that. I don't boys. mind that. Has to be with Z's in both cases. Noise <sighs> Boys. The Noise Boys. Yeah, this we're gonna. Is, we're this gonna is get, what I've come to now. We're gonna get sweatshirts with like you know tag type like things. Noise maybe boys. maybe sweaters, little argyle sweaters yeah. that says Noise Boys. Like, oh, what does that boy. mean? It's like, uh, well. So okay, well, okay. So I do, I, I do, I, I do a podcast where we talk about movies. Okay, just stop. Oh my god! Right, this is why your German exchange student in high school didn't have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> Sorry, I used your private story. Oh no! You. Sorry, that was. A oh long no, time I'm ago. fucked again. <laughs> not, not literally. <laughs> Either case, so yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, Welcome, right, to hi. my house of abuse. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's a it's a good time. Uh, rather, you know, it's every now and then. It's it's uh, it's great. We're talking about Fast and the Furious and and Suicide Squaddies, and but every now and then we could talk about movies that actually are worth a damn. <laughs> well, to be fair, I love both of those films you just mentioned. So uh, I loved one half of those. You didn't like Suicide Squad? You know I did. Well, oh, you didn't like Fast and the Furious. Well, Fast and the Furious was, you know, really... You did. You gave it like a six and a half or something or a seven. Is that good? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. So five is average, right? By definition, out of oh. ten. Yeah. Right? So you gave it... A, it was above average. You remember my score? No, I don't. I'm guessing. Oh man, I hope I it remember gave it a you five. didn't. I remember you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I just like I just knew why people liked it because like oh, people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like no, because again, I, I I've never watched any of the other Fast and Furious movies, yeah. so I was like, oh, I get it. But at the same time, like. I don't. This from a guy who runs a podcast called Trash in the Can. Look, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, you had to bring that up, which is great. Because Trash in the Can every, airs every other Wednesday, every now and then. We we try to keep up. But, yeah, we watch really bad movies. And, uh, you know, The Fast and the Furious, we'll leave those to, like, you know, more more well-established podcasts. Like, a how does it get made kind of thing. Where you have your Adam Scotts and your Jason Manzoukas's. Uh, but I don't know, man. I coined it recently, the term uh, trash piece, 
Uh, Trashterpiece? Yeah, a Trashterpiece. Oh, that's not I bad. Think, I think the, the best Fast and the Furious films are Trashterpieces, where you're like, this is as good as trash gets. It's trash, but it's amazing trash. God. As opposed to the Universal ride, which I was just in Universal uh, theme park in Florida. I finally got to go to the Fast and the Furious ride, and it was garbage there was a ride yeah they just made it it came out less than a year ago and what i was like it? so excited i was waiting for it for like two years and i was like oh my god you know a, fa- a fast and furious ride right it's gotta be like a coaster or something intense no it was this dumb fucking thing you get on a bus with neon lights and they send you through the hallways and like oh we gotta go to the party oh no the fbi is chasing us and then they just put you in a stable room with video on either side of you of, like, and it's just vin diesel saying it's like is is family? It's the characters it's doing like action shit, but it was like the worst CG you have ever seen in your entire life. Like, I mean, I'm talking about the last Starfighter wouldn't even be jealous. <laughs> so, like, it was it was so bad and embarrassing. You didn't tell me about the Fast and the Furious ride. You you regaled me about your whole Disneyland yeah. experience. Well, why would I? It was awful. It was so awful. But you know, I like bad crap. Which, yeah. speaking of which, this week, yeah, we've got some bad crap to talk about. Uh, but also some good bad crap. But good bad crap, I might, I might yeah. say. No, I mean, I would say, yeah, that's right. Because we have like trash to pieces, as you will. I mean, yes, a couple, a couple. Yeah, but there are some actual like. Real masterpieces in here. I yeah, think there are agreed. some like are, are actually fantastic. I completely Which, agree. Thank you for God's sakes, because the last time I did this, ay ay ay, uh, like some of those were a little rough. Yeah, I gave you a, I gave you a tough uh, a, a, t- a tough first try. Yes, and it was like it's just it's the luck of the draw. It wasn't like I'm selecting these movies. So I was right? very unlucky. You were very unlucky. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't know how you would react to this stack, which is kind of all over the place, but has a lot of like unknowns and like, I mean, there's not a lot of, there's only one mainstream film in our entire stack, which I, yeah, uh, which is your fucking, least favorite which film with the whole thing. Fucking can't wait to talk about. But most of, thing. most of the like tiny little, uh, older stuff we're talking about here and oh like some God. of the newer stuff is pretty good. All things, if you have a taste for that sort of thing. If you have a taste for it, but also like just some of the more like more, even modern stuff. I, okay, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it here in a second. But like, there's a few things in here that I was so glad to ask Chris to just. Can I keep this because this is great? Yeah, well, you like, have one. We're not starting with that one. Though, oh, so, yeah, no. We're starting with Invaders of the Lost Gold, which is the sort of title that you know immediately makes you think of. Well, if you have followed a lot of what was going on in the '80s, exactly what it is, which is just a bad italian funded uh, low budget film that brings by its title that that alludes to other better much better films right yeah so the next movie is born for yeah okay (laughs) yeah i mean it really like i uh, i i appreciated this movie I, i i appreciate it i didn't love it because it's Man, I love even the cover for this Blu-ray. It's a great cover. Because it's no one in the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those flicks that are just like, okay, we're gonna, t- we're gonna pitch it as a bunch of rebels trying to find treasure in, uh, where the hell they're going? Where is it going? Uh, it's a, this was also called Horror Safari for the record. Horror Safari. Title. Yeah. Uh, but into the quote, 
jungle. I don't know if they ever even say where it is. No, it, I think it's like in the Philippines or something. Well, I mean, it's almost certainly filmed in the Philippines. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's about, uh, uh, a, a group of, uh, World War II, uh, Japanese soldiers that steal the, the, this gold. Like real gold and, uh, and try to, and like they're trying to fend off, uh, f- defend themselves against the, uh, the, the, the tribe that's yeah. in town. The natives. The natives. Yeah. And <coughs> well, they, uh. If only you spoke. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, oh, if only everyone spoke Italian, yeah. then it would make a lot more sense. No, I'm just make a Raiders reference. <laughs> uh, but. They, uh, they, they store this gold in a cave and then, uh, 180 years later, they devise a plan. <laughs> Not that long. Uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's based in 2070, uh, where they <laughs> would have made it for a better movie. Actually, yeah. it would be really interesting with actually the exact same actors. Why hasn't someone love. made this movie yet? Actually, I'm just saying. Oh my God. We're going to do this whole rest of this podcast to just about like the remake of Invaders Lost Gold, where it takes place in like Blade Runner which, times. Which but- would be interesting because yeah. from the cover, but if it's like neo noir, like yeah. there's robots and shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, back okay. to the actual so, movie but like they it's it's starring the dumpiest actors which i do have an affinity for it's like as if they're like you know what paul giamatti's still a thing right <laughs> let's get him into this but like let's mix him with like walter Matthau and oh, i don't know um I don't know the 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 guy who voiced uh, the old man up. What's his name? Oh, I have no idea off the top of my head. Oh my god! I am uh, d- uh, anyone well, this, who's listening to this. We're like, what the fuck is wrong? with This you? is for people who like Z grade like movies like this. This is kind of a superstar film, but nobody from here is really noticeable in anything else except for Woody Strode, who has been in a number of other films. And, and even then, if you're like young, you'd be like, I have no idea who that is. I think he was like a football player or something, but he was, uh, he was one of those guys who played a heavy and a bunch of shit, even yeah. after he was in his sixties, which he clearly is in this movie. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's an older gentleman who played. Well, that's the thing. Everyone is old. Yeah. Uh, except for like the women. Everyone yeah. is like, who are young and su- super hot. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I figured out halfway through the movie. I was like, Oh, nudity that's what this movie's for yeah, yeah. which it, is bare it's these people going on a voyage into the jungle that's paid for by a questionable uh morals uh, uh person and he's, his daughter is sent out with them who insists she's gonna go on this thing who, of course it's also super hot right uh, and who, who inexplicably inexplicably loves the main guy who is played by Basically, it's a trash bag filled with like cigars and Paul Giamatti's co- corpse. Yeah, like that sounds fair. Yeah, it's it sounds fair, right? Or and actually, Walter Matthau, like because like his his it's out. Uh, Stuart Whitman is the name of the actor. Stuart Whitman. All the Stuart Whitman fans are just like, oh, give me. Oh, are there Stuart Whitman fans? Okay, okay. I I know too. Uh, but you know what? I I kind of dug it. It was kind of actually kind of fun. Well, of course I did, but yeah. like, it's just, there's, like, we're talking about another movie. It was like, well, it kind of lulls in the second act. And here, like, I felt the same way, where it's like, it kind of lulls. And it's like, let's get some, someone, someone needs to die. Yeah. And like, it finally gets into the, like, the whole slasher aspect of the movie. Does it though? And, and like, correctly, no, it yeah. doesn't. But 
it like it tries and I commend it for it. Dude, it does this weird shit where people die from nothing. But they it's like an hour from in. Nothing. It's like it's like an hour in yeah. and it doesn't there's one death in the movie where it's like that I I think I rewound it like rewound it. It was VHS. Yeah. Uh, I rewound it like a few times where I was like, wait, how did she actually die? Yeah, no, there's a character who's like a sexy young thing who for no reason at all goes, oh, look at this water. I'm going to take off all my clothes and go swimming in it apart from everyone. And then nothing kills her. Like she just dies from nothing. I, Something kills her clearly, but she dies and you never see it. You don't, she just, she dies. Yeah. And then no one ever discusses it past then. What killed her? I don't know. Well, let's move on. <coughs> well, now, I, and I, that's this whole movie is things. They're like, Oh, well, it must be a curse or some shit, which is never explored. Wait, they uh, talk about a curse. Yes. They say, so like the whole thing is like, Oh, all these people are dying because it must be cursed. The gold is cursed or something. Oh, the gold is cursed. And, and but it is never I relevant. At all. No, There's no it's, it's, exploration of the idea of their past that, of them speculating there's a curse, that there's a curse. I was just like, this is not fun enough to balance all the badness of it. It's it's not... F- Look, <laughs> I get it. It's not fun enough, but it's fun. Okay. One it's me. fun. One for me. It oh, okay. If, uh, you know what? This is how we should do digital noise. One for you, one for me. Yeah, sure. And I would say one for you because in the end, of yes, of course, it's not. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not no. God's gift to man because there are a few in here that are God's gift to man. I don't know about that, but I'll, I'll go with you. There's many films in this set that are much better than this one. Sure, <laughs> but I I think it's it's at least a, a fun romp of Italian ridiculousness because i've seen a lot of bad ones and this one is at least like hey if you like old frumpy men i got your ticket look i I feel like with a lot of these type films the further they go into terrible the more i like them and this one firmly straddles the well we don't want to go too far into terrible it just feels badly edited true like it it does feel badly edited and uh yeah it doesn't go full force with the ridiculousness like it tries to keep it all pretty grounded which i in a way did appreciate because there is a bad guy to keep up with i'm like all right i all right i i get this but at the same time i was like well this is the way that it like ends all happening like in your defense you know in the movie's defense this is far from the worst film of this type I've seen. Like, there, sure. there are people who definitely defend this film. There are fans of this film out there, which surprises me that that exists, but there are. Wait, have you gone in deep forums to Dude, figure no, out? All you've just, I, you clearly have not hung out at the Alamo Draft House enough and gotten to know the, the longtime staff or at Austin Film Society because there are people who just like live or die by movies like this and think they're better than Star Wars. Look, like, I, I, I don't. You, know people (laughs) (laughs) but i know people i know people you know who's in here though we didn't say the guy who played odd job and goldfinger what yeah yeah the asian character that's that's That's, odd job that's odd job i thought i fucking recognized him that's odd job oh my god you know what this is a 10 out of 10 oh, on Jesus. digital noise. All right. Well, so see. one for me now? Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> so uh, there's some bonus features. There's 16 and a half minutes of Rumble in the Jungle, which sure. is an interview with the director, Alan Birkinshaw. Uh, and there's outtakes 
from Machete Maidens Unleashed, which are unused mm. interviews with him and Corliss Randall, the wife of producer Dick Randall, uh, which was a 2010 documentary about this guy's career. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the uh, the um, behind the scenes stuff, and it was a lot more boring than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not really thrilling. I mean, it's just like, well, we all. Uh, we filmed the movie, and, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be... I'm going to do Australian now, because, you know, why not? And, uh, because, you know, who gives a fucking shit, right? And so, uh, you know, I filmed the movie, and <laughs> I thought I was, I was going to do the movie, and, you know, and we shot a lot of things, and, you know, it came together. It all came together in the end. Like it. another film on the Bobby. It was another film on the Barbie. Gonna, which, speaking of which. Yeah, we're going to move on to our next film, which is not uh, Australian or Italian. It's a 1976 horror film that is... Oh, who's releasing this? Can you see on the back? I think it's... Uh, I think it's Severin. Severin. Uh, called Born for Hell, also okay. titled The Execution, or all, also titled Naked Massacre, yeah. which, you know, I mean, like, get ready. For this type of review. Uh, I looked at this and was like, oh, no. I did not ask for this. I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch this. But the more I read about it, I was like, okay, I admit, this sounds kind of interesting. Which is a, a take by director Denise Hero on the Richard Speck murders. Even though <laughs> this plot takes place, this film takes place with a Vietnam War veteran in Belfast during the Troubles, you know. Uh, and it's a very, you know, there's a subtext that's very political going on here about that, certainly. But it's Richard Speck's Chicago murders. He's basically Richard Speck, who's to a point where it's like, you, you can't miss it if you know the Richard Speck killings. Uh-huh. You're like, okay, these are the Richard Speck killings. He just put them in a different place and went, but what I really want to talk about is the troubles in Ireland. And I can't say this didn't work. I mean, its biggest problem is that... that <coughs> There's something kind of offensive about taking a real life thing and transposing it that closely into another thing with tons of nudity and rape scenes and what have you. And like, like it becomes exploitationist in a way that is kind of genuinely offensive to a lot of people. And in fact, this was very genuinely offensive to a lot of people, even in Austin, Texas, where when this came out, in 1972, there were open protests against it uh, from the Austin Rape Crisis Center, the Coalition for Battered Women, and the Women's Equity Action Lead, and radical lesbian feminists in Austin who were openly protesting and made a big deal about not wanting this to open here. One, I love the city. Two, I agree. But yeah. uh, this was kind of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a... This is not fun. No, it's a surprisingly well-made film, though. It's a surprisingly well-made film that is challenging, and you're learning halfway through, like, I would say definitely halfway through, because you you assume, one, it's kind of boring, but two, halfway through you figure out, like, oh, wait, it does not, does it know it's an exploitative movie? I think it does. It does, but it does not know how to do exploitative well. Because it's taking its t- its tone and its subject matter very seriously. We're like, oh, th- wait, hold on. Because that's, okay, 
What are you getting at, right? I appreciate movies like this because it is is trying to – it feels like it's one of those movies like we're trying to make a film, but like it's doing that. And this movie, I feel like – god damn it. It's, it's really trying its damnedest, but it totally misses the mark on what it's really trying to do because it feels like one of those things where it's either a producer or someone coming like, need more nudity. And like that's yeah. when someone comes in there and just says that like there's a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot of it. And like the women need to get more nude. And that's basically the only notes that it got. Yeah. And it's not comfortable whatsoever. It felt like two butting heads of a guy who clearly wants to say something about <laughs> Belfast and make this whole thing yeah. uh like a uh, overlaying metaphor, but it gets lost because of a producer who's like this needs more rape and tit- titty scenes in it. Uh, which don't serve that metaphor at all. No, no, it, it just, it just seems like that, um, it's, it's trying to get like a rise out of people. So to speak. So, <laughs> so to speak. And, and it, it doesn't serve at all. Cause like it's, it's inherently interesting the the story that's yeah. going on. But I, I knew like it, cause it's kind of a long movie too, or it feels very long at least. Where like really halfway through, like oh man, I I did not like in mentally, I did not sign up for this. I mean, it's only ninety two minutes. It's only ninety two minutes, but man, you feel every ninety two minutes because it's it's nineteen seventy two. It's in Belfast. It's the early stages of the Nor- Northern Ireland conflict, and it follows a soldier named, I, of course, Kane. Who, who oh, uh, deserted in Vietnam. He wants to return to the United States and he's trying to figure out how to do that. He's having trouble figuring out how to do that. He's kind of stressed out. He's running out of money. At first, it seems like he's a protagonist because right. he just seems like a, not a terrible guy. No, he's like not a, a terrible guy. And guy, just all of a sudden, he just like goes he, off the rails immediately. He could be fucking Rambo in First Blood where you're like, oh, this guy's going to end up being a hero uh, despite his <laughs> troubles. Uh, but no... He ends up in a situation where he meets a bunch of uh, nursing students who live in a house together, yeah. who are, of course, all ridiculously hot, and who are preparing for the last week of exams. And for when he first meets them, they're very kind to him. Like, here, take some money, take some food. I'm like, okay. And for reasons that are never really explained, he decides to come back and uh, kill all of them. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I will give it kind of sort of a credit because... I I really tried to watch it for his for his performance, and it's a good performance. It's this movie is difficult because every performance in the movie I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like from the nurses to him, him especially, I think it's all really good. But it is a hard movie to watch, yeah, because it's not fun. It's like it's only movie that like. You know, after a year and a half, you're doing, uh, one in the, one, uh, one of us.net and Chris is like, Hey, you should do digital noise. Like, okay, cool. And then like the second episode, you're like, Hey, you should watch this movie. It's like, okay, cool. And then you watch it. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, it's, I get it. It's not hostiling. It's not lingering over long on the death and, and, uh, rape scenes. I mean, no, it's not fact, like a lot of the death stuff actually happens off screen. Yeah. So it's not, it's not too gory. Well, a lot of it is very what you would expect from like a seventies film. It's like just a little bit of blood. It's all, in, a lot of it's implied. But it's so unnerving. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like with his performance, like if you're going to watch something that is about 
like I, I almost think of like uh, Summer Sam is like actually a bad example, but but like just if you're gonna watch what's his face who played Sam, uh, I forget his last name, um, just to see that like a mentality kind of just like you know go nuts. Like, it's like, okay, this would be an interesting movie to watch for that if you're sure. wanting to get in that mood. But, like, it's, it's not that bad. It's just, it's a tough watch. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of bonus features here, though. There's 14 minutes of The Other Side of the Mirror, which is a new interview with Math, uh, Carrier. I don't know how to speak. I don't, once they put what, an what do, you, what do you mark, know how to speak? I, when there's an accent mark, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. Matteo American is the name. No, uh, Matteo. Matteo. It's M A T T H I E U, which I think is Matteo. I bet it's Matteo. Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it is uh, uh interview here with Zoom because you know modern days, which is a career overview with him. Nightmare in Chicago, which is 13 minutes long, which interviews with Chicago-based filmmaker John McNaughton. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And Gary Sherman, who talk about the Speck murders and their experiences with Richard Speck's actual murders. <coughs> There's a new, which I feel like is the really the only yeah. real thing. That, I'm always looking for, like, if this is based on a history thing, give us a history thing. Let's talk about the actual thing, and that's what that does. There's a new kind of crime for 38 minutes, which is podcaster S. Esther Ludlow, who hosts a show called Once Upon a Crime, discussing Speck and his experiences there. Uh, Bombing Here, Shooting There for 17 Minutes, which is a video essay by Chris O'Neill that uh, looks, tries to talk about what did this really try to say about the stuff going on in Northern Ireland, which admittedly is a question that I'm still unclear on. Uh, Artist Joe Coleman on Speck for 14 and a half minutes, which... uh, you know, if you know anything about Joe Coleman, you know that, like, he can be kind of creepy, and this is kind of creepy. Uh, inside the auditorium for ten, a uh, little under 10 minutes, which is more of Coleman showing his museum of spec things. Yeah. Okay, this, this is really nuts because. Uh, uh, and then the Italian th- theatrical trailer, and then the, the video version of the film, Naked, called, that was called Naked Ma- Massacre, which is, uh, hour and 25 minutes. So it's a little bit of a different cut here. But oh, did uh, you watch that? No, I just watched the primary version. Oh, Lord. Like the only time I'll ever do that is if I'm really in love with something where I'm like, oh, I want to see everything about it. I'm like, I don't have time to watch two versions of a film I have mixed feelings on. This, this was definitely out of all the movies that we watched, this was definitely the roughest because again, <clears throat> the brutality that happens and like the coldness, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't seen something like this in a very long time. It seems like an early 2000s movie where it was just like really trying to stick at home. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's well done enough that I, I would say, like, if you're a fan of like, uh, oh my God, what is the movie with, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. If you're a fan of, of that, Man Bites Dog. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. If you're a fan of that, be up your alley. this could be up your alley. Because it's very well made. It's just, I'm not sure why it was made. Yeah, I yeah. like it's one of those movies which I cannot wait to talk about later on. I don't know who this is for. Well, our next film is a movie I think that took us both by huge surprise. Also in the same company, right? Who put this out? Uh, Severin. Severin. Severin deserves a Oscar. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the distribution companies get Oscars, but they deserve it because this movie. Is fucking fantastic. Uh, this movie's called Siege, 
uh, which, with, which again, the cover doesn't do any justice no. for what it is. It, it was originally titled when it first came out, Self Defense. All right. Directed by Canadian television and film writer, director and producer, uh, uh, Paul Donovan, who a lot of people best known for being the creator of the gr- really fun, but kind of uncomfortably kinky sci-fi show Lex. If you ever saw that. What? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Holy shit, really? Yeah, yeah, Lex. Oh my god, I love this movie even more. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, it is... I don't... I feel like there's stuff in here that I should feel uncomfortable with, and every time I feel start to feel uncomfortable with something in here, like, in terms of its modern-day messaging, I'm like, oh, well, they actually kind of did right by that, okay, you know? They totally did right by yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I'm... This is a Assault on Precinct 13 fans. Take fucking notice, because this is that type of film. It's that and Green Room mixed yeah. together and super... I would say even more tense... Because this movie, okay, I know this was made in, it doesn't say the year, 1983. 83. This is the best movie of the year. Because this movie is fucking fantastic. Great. I I was, it's genuinely great. I was like mad that no one had ever told me about this movie. Holy shit. I was watching it going like, how do I, am I the only person? Am I going to go like, hey, have y'all seen this movie? And everybody go, of course we've seen that movie. Have you never seen this? I'm like, what, what is, why has no one told me about this movie? I, I, I thought you played a prank on me because I think this was like the second movie I watched and I was like, okay, well, I'll watch the siege because I think we'll talk about this a little There's later. There's a parallel Actually, reality next. scenario going on here where I'm like, did we slide into a parallel parallel reality with this as like an evil dead or something where everyone knows about it, but like we just don't because I, we slipped in from a parallel I, I, reality? I don't know because this movie is so just genuinely realistic the way that people react and the like the, the really obscure like, I guess, uh, actual thing that happened, because I don't know if it was like a real instance, because uh, it's, it's based in Nova, Co- Nova Scotia, yeah, it's, where a, like a group uh, or the, the cops actually protest, like, we're not going to, uh, uh, cop yeah, anymore. <laughs> it was in Halifax, and apparently there was a straight up police protest where they're like, no, we're, I'm sorry, we're, we're, I don't know the details, but they were like, we're on strike. And so there was no police force and a bunch of shit went down. Yeah. I don't think this incident was one of the things that went down per se. Right. But it, like, that's as much as it's based on real life. Uh, you know, so rip the headlines as much as you want to imagine it is. And Jesus Christ, this is so appropriate for right now. Oh, it is scary. Yeah. This is, this genuinely, had me like tense when you go like when you look what's going on with the police forces across the country Fuck. who are doing right now like oh fine you want to set different rules on us you think we're not doing a good job fine right. we just won't do our job at all which right. is, even happened in austin yeah you know and we're like oh this is scary that yeah. they're being selective about what they want to apply themselves to and out of out of protest and this is like a world where they or our world, but in Canada in the seventies, where or in the eighties, where uh this is happening and it's kind of the purge, basically, you know, where they're like uh this group who's a fascist group of fucking basically Trump supporters, but they're like new or they call themselves the new order. Right. And they never had a joy division to go first, so they suck. Right. 
And they want to, nice like, reference. they go into a gay bar and they start going in there and fucking with everyone and they end up murdering everybody in the bar except one guy who gets away, makes his way, like, desperately claws his way into a local apartment building with a bunch of, thankfully, sympathetic people living in the apartment who are like, oh, there's absolutely no way we're going to let these fucking bullshit assholes come and get you not realizing there's a lot of these bullshit assholes well, and they're armed realize, to the teeth yeah. and they're also like not only are they just good people but they're like oh we're teachers for the blind yeah. like they're not prepped yeah. this is like a very much like again Jeremy Saulnier whatever the hell his name is yeah. uh, like Green Room yeah. Blue Ruin like people who are inept for this like extreme situation and they're lucky that their next door neighbor right. is in fact a, a one of those guys we like to call a good old boy liberal here in texas armed to the fucking teeth certain but that eventually believes... the shit's gonna come down but ultimately in his heart is a good guy yes and is on their side and is right. like you're lucky i'm your friend because i've got a fucking armory so canadian uh <laughs> so <laughs> they don't know that they have access to that so it's a siege movie like the title where these guys are like oh we're going to get this guy because he witnessed all these other murders and they're like uh i know you're not and it turns out it's a lot of like equalizer type shit setting traps and oh like, my uh, god and it's really intense and nail biting and like it's I'm super like, nail biting i have no more nails uh, it was so good it was so good <laughs> like every and like they used all the the, the sets really well like they also reused like different situations or like all the uh the rooftop shit like they like everything okay yeah i i cannot he's so excited he's vibrating right yeah now, i cannot rec- recommend this movie enough this movie <laughs> is so fucking good that I asked him if I can keep this Blu-ray, and he said yes. And I was like, um, I had to think about it, because I like this movie a lot, too. But I'm like, hey, Wright's volunteering his time here. <laughs> I'm like, fine, take it. I Like, it is, it is genuinely a good story. It is, uh, it is an uncomfortable in an entertaining way. Because like, it's one of those movies, again, like Green Room or Blue Room, where like, you're not going to get sit, you're not going to want to sit down to have like a good time and like let's all, I'll watch a good entertaining movie it's, it's supposed like, to be uncomfortably in yeah this is going uh, to this is going to entertain you in a way to where it's going to challenge you and this movie for how low budget it is and for what it does it is so fantastic it is by far the best movie that we see so thank you so much for listening to digital <laughs> You know, uh, there are a few extra films on here, including a, few? a commentary by the the director and uh, filmmaker Jason Eisner, who on the cover yeah. says it's the best Canadian film ever made. And I'm like, have you seen Videodrome? But, you know, mm. just I love this, but come on. I mean, yes, I, I would agree. But, uh, uh, man, uh, we have our own thing. There's a... Uh, extended cut and i'm sad that i didn't watch it i watched the regular cut it's it's like it's one of those things where like i i think i watched a movie recently uh uh on hbo or something like that it said like oh you can watch the extended cut i was like what it depends on the i i'm so like i don't you know it was was something that i I really loved 
that it was like you could watch the extended because like yeah. you gotta be fucking kidding me oh it was, it was the abyss oh okay and it was like well you oh, always want to watch the extended because of the abyss look it's like the i only know this of it. but it actually said uh, you can watch the extended fu- every cut. cameron film's extended cut is better than the regular i cut. know this. every single one but the fact is is that i was loving this from like the first five fucking minutes yeah and then it's like oh you watch the extended cut i was like i only knew that for the fucking end they're like what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you siege which i cannot wait to watch Again. Yeah, it's one of those films I would return to if Wright wasn't stealing my copy of it. But, you know, here we are. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Uh, our next film is Tailgate. This is a newer film. Wow, we're talking about new films now. How exciting. Aye, aye, aye. It was originally called Bumper Keef. Because, it was. It, <laughs> because wait, it's what not. Was it, what English. was it originally called? It was Bumper called. Bumper Keef. Uh, no, Unhinged. Oh, yeah. Okay, not originally called. There's a remake with Russell Crowe, which I've still not seen, which got good reviews, called <laughs> Unhinged, which is, I can't say, because I haven't seen it, how closely it sticks to this original. When I got this, I didn't know what it was. It was sent to me, like, I read the thing, and I read there were, like, all these positive reviews of people raving about it. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, send it to me. It was, it was and, like, the top best, like, movie of the Dutch, like, film history that year, or something like that. Yeah. It was like, it was like a huge movie. It only released on DVD, but uh, I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, uh, the reviews from places I recognize are strong enough and I love horror, let's give this a chance. And I admit, it um surprised the fuck out of me as it went along. It was not what I was expecting at all. And I can't say I'm in love with it. No. But I can say that I consistently was engaged with it. And and by the end, it was like, I'm glad, I'm glad I saw this film. But why don't you tell the story here? So it's about, uh I mean, it's... It actually kind of reveals the killer at the very beginning, but like, it's about a man who's just a crazy man, uh, who's going to kill people, a serial killer, who, um, dresses up in a lot of, uh, uh, garb to, uh, make sure that there's no DNA, but like, it's also about a family who is trying to race to, uh, the husband, husband's parents' house, because like, gah, they're so overbearing. We got to make sure we get there on time because if we don't get there on time, they're going to talk about all these things. And if we don't get there on time and they're going to talk about these things, it's going to be just like a whole big ordeal, blah, blah, blah. It's very realistic. Yeah. I the, get that. That they're, the family themselves clearly have problems. Uh, and the family has problems with the extended family where, like you said, they're like, the, the wife is just like, Oh, your fucking family is like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's all a little too realistic. Uh, in some ways, I don't want to say I have those problems in my life because I don't feel like you I know do, what. But, Let's talk. Uh, but about I'm those familiar problems. with them. No, we are not. Going Let's to talk about those problems. tailgating problems. So we'll do, we'll go back and talk about my trip to Disney recently with him, <laughs> so, which was delightful. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's they're they're on a road trip and uh, the father has a moment of road rage for a guy who's holding up a lane driving the speed limit. When no one else is driving the speed limit, which I certainly have been the guy going, you're in the fast lane. Why are you doing the speed limit? Get the fuck out of the way. And this guy is not interested in getting the fuck out of the way. No, He's interested. He's like, uh, he's a serial killer who is tired of people being impolite and not following the, the standard rules. Which I'm glad. Oh, because- you're happy that those serial killers exist? <laughs> Thank God we have some law and order in this country. <laughs> because it's like, there's a part of it that's like, yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, 
Get a Dutch. That's a horrifying way of killing people. Which, okay. His, okay. Well, his way of killing people is very laborious and just like overwrought. I'm like, I can't. Okay. Like, I get you. Like, here's the thing. He, his, the serial killer's whole thing is like, don't be a dick, right? <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Don't be a dick but even driving. He's the biggest dick of all of them. Well, he is, he is. Yeah. But like, the thing is, like, don't be a dick on the road and like, you'll be okay. Cause like, he gives the husband many of chances yeah. to actually say like, apologize. Yeah, and then finally, like, it doesn't take. The husband has nothing to apologize for. Which, which I think is interesting. Okay. Because, it's a social contract. Because if he... Uh, look, there are crazy people everywhere. In in this day and age, in, in uh, you know, Denmark... Did you look at your phone and figure out what time it was? What? No. no, no, like in Denmark, I'm okay. looking at the DVD right okay. now. All right, sorry. In Denmark, America, in Tennessee, everywhere. There's a certain amount of social contract. There's that- a social amount of co- social contract, but also like... Okay. If people... If someone is taking... This, and I'm sorry, you probably deserve to die if you just cannot get this immediately. It's like, they're taking this way too seriously. Maybe should apologize and move on because this country is crazy in America. And granted, this is actually like quite shocking in, in Denmark. Cause like, oh my God, I thought everyone's kind of cool. No, I was planning on moving to Scandinavia. Right. And I was like, oh it. my God, I'm not going to move there. Where the fuck I'm going to move to? Canada siege happened. To be fair, if you watch Scandinavian television shows, there's a lot of fucking. There's a lot of murder. (laughs) There's a lot of murder. Anyway, (laughs) evidently humans love to kill each other. But in 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 this movie, it's like okay, and I I feel like the husband like all you had to do is just say, you know what? Sorry, didn't mean to do that. Uh. A lot of things going on right now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to bore you, but I apologize. And it's not, it was not needed. The way that I did that is not needed at all. And my, all he did I, was honk for the guy to get you out. You know of what? Way. I just saved that family's like whole traumatic experience with 15 seconds. Wait, are you the guy who drives in the fast lane and drives? I am the, the guy with the fa- drives in the fast lane. And it's like, you know what? Cause I know that someone's like, because we live in Texas. Texas is crazy, right? Yeah, but and you don't do the speed limit in the fast lane. I know you don't do the speed limit in the fast lane, but there's fucking crazy people. They're like, I'm going to test people because I have a fucking gun yeah. or I'm going to kill someone just because. Let's fair. And that's what this fucking movie's about. Cr- and I'm not going to trust anyone. The crazy people are the people driving way over the speed, speed limit, like 40 miles over it, who are honking at you when you're in the slow lane. Those Look, are the crazy people. But anyway. Those are the crazy people. Anyway, the point being is like, I never had any sympathy for this killer. I went like, oh, you're like, I picture you're basically like a Midwesterner. You're like a guy who is determined to himself. Look, you're getting off topic with the whole you're, Texas no, thing. No, no, no. You're, de- you're determined to yourself what you think the rules of society are. And anybody who is impolite about what your assumed rules are for reality, they're worthy of being killed. It's your job to take them out, which is reality right now to some level so he's a libertarian you know? yeah, a libertarian. 
There you go. Uh, except libertarians, I think all speed, but you know, the, the <laughs> speed limits, what are those for? <laughs> anyway, uh, the point is I found this genuinely kind of scary. Uh, I, was, I did. Like, especially in the third act when it starts getting to like where it's a more of a standard, like stalk and slash. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is really genuinely frightening is that the family is terrified every time they see a van that looks anything like his van. Yeah. That was interesting because it was also, it, it's a thing that, uh, I think that Unhinged did well because, like, Which I've if, not you, seen. if you've seen trucks, like all different types of trucks, like, oh my god! But in this, it's like all this particular type of van, which I guess is in all of Eastern Europe. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, there, there's yeah. all those types of vans. They're, like, they're here too. Ever since I saw this movie, I just see them everywhere. I right? can't stop looking at them. I'm just like, every time I see one, I'm like, that's the tailgate van. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's fucking, another one. fucking bug spray right to spray in my fucking face. Yeah, the guy kills with bug spray. Yeah, like, or it like seduce you yeah. with uh, uh, bug spray or something like yeah. that. Oh, it's like really, really acidic, murderous bug spray. You're like, what? That's a weird new killer thing. Yeah, it's... it's uh, they saw No Crunch for Old Men, like, I think we do that worse. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I genuinely liked this a lot. I've not seen I did. to compare I, it with, but I genuinely really was like, I wasn't expecting much, but I got a lot. I, I, uh, I, I genuinely, I did like it a lot. It's, uh, the DVD and like the marketing for it, though, I think <laughs> that it portrays it as more of a, crazy killer movie and it's not it's no. more of like a stalkery just uh it's almost kind of arty really it's a little bit more arty because yeah. i honestly think there's only like one and a half uh person that dies in this movie it's not like it there's only a like barely any brutal killings on screen here. Yeah. In fact, even one of the most killing, the killing sh- happens that it towards it's the first, end of like the That's one of the most brutal killings, presumably is only you hear the sound. You don't even see. Oh, it. right. Right. Yeah. You're like, Oh shit. It's like, I love that America was like, you know what this needs? Russell fucking Russell Crowe. Crow, murdering Russell murdering the fuck out of And you know what? We need to fatten him up and get him. I, to- I don't think they needed to fatten him up. <laughs> I think he was already fattened. Oh, he poor came pre fattened. I pre pre fattened <laughs> Russell Crowe. It's great for Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> do they have like the? Uh, my wife's a vegetarian. Is there a turducken version? I don't know. Uh, uh, a turducken crow. Yeah, a turducken crow. Exactly. A turducken crow. And it's just like, oh, I liked him gladiator. Uh, insider was good. Ooh. Yeah, maybe a little. Remember when he was hot and sexy, and then we all found out he wasn't as good a singer as everyone else who were professional singers in the movie was? I love, like, this is what I love. Anyone thought that he was a good singer. He's a fine singer. He's just not a fucking musicals and Broadway. So Hydra, so Hydra, uh, 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 fine, right? We'll talk about Hydra. Do you really want to talk about Hydra? No, so, uh, Rose plays Julie. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're gonna, that's next. We're gonna talk about Hydra <laughs> first. You know, here's the thing. I really love Will Go USA, the distributor of a lot of Asian films. Yes. They put out so much good stuff. But there's been kind of a slew of not so good stuff from them coming out lately yeah. where I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Like, I can't, like, I get, I love exploring different cultures, uh, versions of the martial arts films, which is what you guys do. But 
and admittedly hong kong films uh, on the ratio of uh martial arts movies have been not as good lately for sure so yeah. why not explore other cultures but it's been very hit and miss and i felt hydra fell a little bit well maybe a lot under the miss level for me not it's... to the level to write it off completely i mean this is japanese mind you right right and i appreciate what they were doing but it's like Man, I I don't know if like I'm spoiling anything, but like the movie I, I was we were talking about this beforehand, but it felt like the movie was a first act of a movie. Yes, and uh, absolutely, absolutely, and like it, it set up really interesting characters, and it was still ninety minutes, and the way that it ended, it was like, wait, you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Because like I actually became kind of interested in some of the characters, and they're like, and we're done. It's shot very raw. It's shot very indie and low budget. It is, um, yes. And, it's it's very much just like, oh wow, you had a few like a couple of cameras and you just made this movie. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. are we gonna get to the point where people are fighting? Yes, we will get to the point where people are fighting. This is marketed as a intense martial arts film. It takes a long time for martial arts to enter into Hydra. It does. <laughs> but why don't you tell the storyline here? Oh my gosh. So Hydra is <laughs> is is about uh <laughs> it like it starts oh. with an interesting cold open, but it's really about I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's about a guy who uh, works as a chef at a little, like, tiny restaurant. And, uh, there's a couple of people there. And, uh, like, there's the main waiter guy who's a little bit more of a, a socialite. He's like, he's like, you know, kind of cool with the customers. And he's basically everything that the chef isn't because yeah. the chef is almost mute. Taciturn. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then the bartender is this, uh, young woman who, is uh, a little bit more of, like free and like you know, like willing to have fun. Who's the owner of the place now? Who is the owner of the place right now? And the the chef has taken a vow, basically in a way, to help make sure this place does not go under. To make sure that the owner, this young woman, does like is okay. Yeah. Like that's basically what it's all about. Yeah, it's a late reveal, but. A You're very like, late reveal. Why is this guy who seems to have no interest in hanging out with these other pe- people no. who both are trying constantly to get his attention? The girl he, he, he cannot smile, and yeah. Yeah. they they laugh at him for his taciturnness. Right of like, what is this, this guy's deal? He's great at what he does. They are like, wow, he's one of the best cooks you could imagine. He's totally helpful as shit, but he's not like he doesn't want to be our friend, and we can't figure out why. Right, and so that's the. The drama key is like why, well, but, yeah, like what's going on here? Like why is he not uh, a part of our group or our trio? And you find out it's like oh, he's a part of like this orphan assassin group. All right, so it's another film about an assassin who feels bad about being an assassin who has tried to get away from being an assassin, and then they pull me back in. I try to get away, but they pull him back in. So, you know, there are fans of that specific subgenre. Let's talk about that. Who? Oh, I know some for sure. Uh, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to feel like let's them let's feel name, like names, name names. Name names because if they like this movie, they should be ashamed. Well, okay, uh, <laughs> I don't know for sure these people like this movie. I, I don't think this is a terrible movie. 
I don't think it's terrible, but it's just like, it's a good, like, that's what sucks about this is like, the, the, the characters they're building up, I would have, I think I would have given more of my time. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I would have been okay if it was like two, hell, even three hours. Like, they're building up something. I was like, this is kind of interesting, the way that they're building up the story, but it's 90 minutes. I, I went, I kept thinking because of its laid back, very, it's so laid back, iconic style that I'm like, I could see Jim Jarmusch making this into a great movie. <laughs> That's actually a wow. Uh, you yeah, know, like I with totally his get style that. and the, the music he would put in it and the sense of like peace that he has even in his violent, most violent films is a yeah. sense of like just Zen likeness to it. It felt like that, like to some degree, that was what they were going for, but the director's just not accomplished enough to do anything with that. Well, he doesn't know what the hell. Sh- story is yeah. like he doesn't know where like where it should lead to because it feels like this should be a it should feel it feels like it should be a char- part of a trilogy or yeah. something because like it's just like only scratching the surface of like what is happening in this world that they're building and yeah. they just like at the end of the movie they're just and it feels like halfway through they're like and we're done and Agreed. it's unfortunate because there's a really a lot of interesting things that they bring up, and like I will say, the action between the the main guy I, forget, I already forget his name. Uh, I I love that I say already, and like I I don't remember his name. Uh, uh, Takashi Sato, Takashi, played by Masanori Mimoto. So between him and the cutthroat villain, the other uh, assassin, there is an action scene between them. I'm like, wow. It's a good action scene. It there there are modern action scenes where like you need to watch this. It's like it's one if you want to watch a movie that is uh, kind of boring and um man that like it's building good characters, but if just you, like you're really silly. If you want to watch a movie that's kind of boring, it's kind of boring, <laughs> but it's like, man, if you want to watch like two or three really great action scenes this is the movie you want to watch i I kept going why not just watch ghost dog right yeah i god damn but that one action scene in the basement this is not spoiling anything but like the the this action scene that happens between the the main character and um the villain it like it is superb the way that it's shot the way like the choreography it is it's like wow those people are like stunt like they they do stunts yeah and like they can also kind of act like okay like they're not bad actors okay yeah they're okay they're not bad actors but like they're they're okay enough for like what this role requires where it feels like you're not hyper aware of you're watching someone act yeah exactly and uh, i i i was genuinely okay with that part but like the rest of the movie there's like a lot of things that happen just like Okay. And the way that it ends, just like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, like, that's yeah. the way this all ends? It's like, this I, is like the first Thor movie. If you thought there were going to be two others and it's like, are you what? That's it. I think both, of, both of us kind of take a pass on Hydra. I, I would say take a pass on Hydra, but like there, there is one genuinely good action scene and like watch for that. Watch for the martial arts, but 
Why the fuck would we do that? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to a movie we both really, really liked called mm. Rose Plays Julie. And I realize that everyone's like, I have no idea what that is. Mm-mm. I've never heard of this film. Mm-mm. This is uh, being put out by Film Movement, I believe. Mm-hmm. And who, you know, for... I like film movement because they take chances on weird little indie films from all across the world. And for a while, they were kind of over-focusing on really dry dramas. Like, oh my God, this is so boring. And lately, I I feel like someone told them, guys, like, try to throw some stuff that's even faintly genre-oriented in here. Yeah, And they've been putting out a slew lately of really genuinely good and fascinating foreign films that are genre-oriented that are, like, really good. We've had a couple of, like, our pick of the weeks. Like, I don't know if you... You weren't here when we did Nina Wu, which is, like, a Japanese... Uh, Mulholland Drive. Wow. It's super great. But by that, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I can't believe nobody has told me about this movie. Rose Plays Julie is one of the films that took me totally by surprise. I considered not even watching it for review because movement sends me everything they put out. And a yeah. lot of the stuff is like, that's not for me. That's not for me. And I was like, I can't tell if this is for me. But I, I found a window and I watched it and was like, wow, I kind of loved this. So... I let me explain to you my mindset because I saw the DVD cover and I was like, oh, saltine crackers. Like, it's just like, it's, it looks super dry. Yeah. Right. As you're describing, like what the, 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 the production company or the distribution company is just like, oh, this is what we produce. And God damn it. This movie, it's one of the few movies that I've seen in a long time. I was like, fuck. I wish I made that. Yeah. It is genuinely understated yeah. great it is it's on budget it, it like it's, it's a perfect quietly simmering yes it it's i cannot love this movie enough <laughs> like it is it is so good all the performances are great which uh, we were talking about the wire a little earlier um oh god damn it not on the show face? outside uh, the show. aiden aiden gillian um aiden gillian is that his name yeah he plays uh, Carsetti in The Wire right. uh, for our Wire and fans was, uh, out there. was known from uh, 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 Game of Thrones. He was a little finger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, fuck that. He's he's from The Wire. All my Wire fans, all the Wireies, we know what we're uh, talking about. But they're Game of Thrones. He's Carsetti. So he's kind of little finger here. He is Carsetti. All right, all right. But he always plays guys who on the outside on first meeting seem like, oh, they're likable guys, but turn out they're like really uh, horrible secrets and are really horrible. Right. And this is no exception. Although he is not the main character of this film. He's not one of the named characters. Rose plays Julie refers to the main character here. Anne Skelly is the actress who plays Rose, who basically discovers uh that her parentage she's uh adopted is yeah. not exactly what anyone would want it to be as she discovers her mother who is a actress or actress is that correct mm-hmm. yeah uh is um uh played by Ola Brady Orla Brady named Ellen uh, she meets her. She initially poses as being someone else, but they quickly find out that, like, okay, she's like, you're you're my daughter, aren't you? You're like the daughter I gave up, uh, and like I want to know what's the deal with my dad. It turns out her dad was a rapist, played by 
aforementioned. Aiden uh, Gillen. Yeah. Who is a very successful archaeologist. I guess that's a thing. Uh, being a, I mean, he's not like raiding tombs and like, like fighting. He's not an Indiana Jones. He's basically real life archaeologist. Real life Indiana Jones. Like, dusting off shit. But he is a terrible, terrible person, at least back then. And the question is for her, like, she wants to meet him under an assumed identity. She even wears a wig for it. Like, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actress and I want to like, I'm, I'm doing a role with archaeology and I want to volunteer for this dig. She wants to get to know him. Only to discover that indeed this man has not changed. Yes. So what does she do with that information? What does her mother, who now knows who her real life mother, who now knows who she really is, and that that her relationship to her, what does she do with the information that she's contacted this father? And you come up with a very quietly tense, captivating, captivating film. I. God damn it. I cannot rem- recommend this movie enough. It is so superbly done. And, uh, like, y- like, I look at it on a lot of different, uh, aspects was where, like, the fact that it's, um, I mean, a lot of no names. I don't know anyone else who stars in this except for Aiden Gillian. Yeah. I mean, there's like, okay, well, I mean, I know him, but, uh, you recognize him immediately. Yeah. He's you recognize him. Um, but like the, the two main actresses, uh, Anne Skelly and Orla Brady, like I've never seen them before. The script is tight. Oh yeah. As hell. Like the story is so tight and what they want to focus on and the God damn, like it's, what does they say? Like the real effective film drama is about what happens between when people are talking, right? And this is one of those movies. God damn! And like it's like I I I was so genuinely surprised when I I put this on and I had I, I look, don't watch a trailer, just watch it. It's one of those m- movies where you recommend that. Where it's like, just watch the movie and see what actually it's happens. It's not an intense thriller. No, it's not an intense thriller. It's like... It does it's, end pretty intensely. <laughs> it, it does end <laughs> intensely, but uh, it's like one of the like dirty, pretty things. Yeah. We're just like, let it seep in. Yeah. And just like, make, just unnerving the entire time. Like... The, the, the performance by Anne Skelly, I watched some of the behind the scenes stuff with her and I was like, oh my gosh, she seems so genuinely like joyful and great. And I was like, and she's, she's playing it so straight in the movie. And I'm like, wow, she's a really good actress. And the fact that like, what was this? This was made like what a couple years ago? Yeah. It no, ra- this was made like this yeah. year. It raises some fascinating questions uh, with what would make you choose to kill someone? Yes. And that's what I love about this movie is that it's, it's done that realistically where it's all based on emotion rather uh, like true lingering emotion rather than just like they took my land, you know, like something stupid or just something. I don't know. I like, I don't know. Something like a, a hitman's wife's bodyguard kind of thing. Like what would you, you choose to oh kill, kill with? But like, don't jump this, ahead. Don't jump ahead. Oh, I'm going to fucking jump ahead. Oh my God. Um, but with this is that it's all driven by, uh, history, emotion and feeling. And you feel all of it throughout every single scene. And it's genuinely fantastic. It's a, it's, like, it's a delightful film for grown-ups. 
that may be genre, but just touching on genre. Man, it is tickling with genre. Like, it's not something that I think that would, uh, like, if uh, genre fanatics would be like, yeah, Rose versus plays Julie. Uh, It's just like, no, this is something is like, it brings you back to something like, I forgot that films could be made with fantastic characters. Great. It's a great story. And it's simple as shit. It is so simple. Yeah. And Man, again, like I look back at it and it's like, if this was a first screenplay and a first director, I would not be surprised because it's it's knocking it out of the park. Fair enough. I I cannot recommend this enough. I I fuck, this is my favorite movie out of everything that we did. Really? Because I'm a Siege guy myself. Well, Siege in this, but like this right, like, wait, okay, wait. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's move on. Okay, well. To our next film, uh, The Birthday Cake, which we actually reviewed on the site. We were not on that review. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, this, look at this cast. It's got a lot of really fucking interesting people. Look at this cast. This. Can you see the ending a mile away? Yes. Okay. Then you got the movie. Oh, you're one of those guys. I fucking am. Okay. So, um, apparently our critics like this on the site. But most critics really, really did not like this film. I could see why. I fell on the side of liking this film. Oh, man. I didn't so the next it. movie is Batman. No, no okay. It's, no, no. <laughs> so uh, this tells the story of an Italian-American uh, Geo, played by uh, Shiloh Fernandez, uh, young version David Mazuz, who appears in uh, quite a bit as well with flashbacks. Who, Batman, uh, by the way. Which, uh, good segue. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> who is a who is part of a family tradition where his father, who had died ten years previously, uh, there's always a big party celebrating his not celebrating but like honoring his father's honoring, passing yeah. with a bunch of his Italian American relatives, and part of that is that his mom always bakes a cake. That everyone's always like, oh, she makes the best cakes. We always look forward to as a big part of that, and he's bringing it to there. So it's. The bulk of the film is like his day trying to bring this cake to this thing and dealing with a number of other people, including, uh, his, the priest he has a friendship with played by very briefly in this film and the beginning and the ending, Ewan McGregor and a number of other people. Uh, but as I, he goes through all these experiences through here and starts to go, not everybody loved like, not everybody is a fan of my family. Yeah. And of uh, people going, not everybody's a fan of this guy who look at him as like, he's so naive. He's just a child. He doesn't know what's really going on, which if you've watched any mafia films, you go like right off the bat, you're like, this, these guys are clearly in the mafia. Like, oh, wait, there's no mafia. There's no such thing. Well, uh, I, I think I, he's just sort of like, no, there's just no big deal. It's he, like, it's not a big mafia. Yeah, he's like, oh, they're in crime, but not, not like, there's no real mafia. mafia. Yeah, it's not like Goodfellas crime. Uh, and it leads up to him going to this final conclusion third act scene with him bringing the cake finally into the party with a lot of people you've seen on The Sopranos. <laughs> and other and films. Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer, who, oh, sadly is like, can't really speak anymore because of his, I guess, throat cancer. Yes. And, uh, has, they subtitle him. So he's got like a thing he holds up to his throat. Which they, very... they write off as like he was shot in the throat, which I'm like, yeah. well, movie. You got my half vote. 
And like it's just like, well, I guess they're giving Val Kilmer money to appear in a film. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, like I uh, Lorraine Bracco plays his mom, the, the main character's mom, not Val Kilmer's mom. <laughs> I actually found this really fascinating because really, I've seen a lot of mafia films in my life, sure, and this one did not go by the rules or the standard setup of mafia film. Like this is a a a, a crazy day in a life movie. But set in a mafia community, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And the final concluding scene, which is very disturbing and violent and gross, is, while not unexpected, for the character and the way that the actor plays it, really sold it to me. I thought (laughs) that this was the... Best looking, cheaply made movie I've seen in a long time. Ooh. Uh, and that's giving it credit. Wow. Uh, I, I can see how, because Shala Fernandez co-wrote and produced this movie. Mm-hmm. Like he thought, I was like, I got an idea and we're going to make this and we're going to make this with some, People who don't want to do anything anymore, so let's get them in a movie. And some weird appearances, like Louise Guzman, who's in here for no I, real reason. Okay, Lu- Louise Guzman is in this. And also, Ewan McGregor. Now, I don't know what the living fuck <laughs> they said or told or promised or whatever the hell they did to Ewan McGregor. But I'm offended and also <laughs> fascinated by... I was like... Wow, he's that cheap to get? Like, it's crazy because he's in, he's in a few scenes. He's like in three scenes. Yeah. Very brief scenes. And also he, 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 uh, narrates the movie. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is, okay, look, it's not that crazy because like all it takes is like, you got 15 minutes younger. Mike, yeah. Yeah, like it's We just it's, narrated a movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just this. Like we narrated longer than the fucking movie itself. But I commend it for Shia Shiloh Shia Buff. Uh Shiloh uh Fernandez because it's like you had an idea, you committed to it, you did it. It's not a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh because I think it's lame. <laughs> and which is the definition of not a good idea yeah yeah and uh but i commend for its technical and Ooh, faint uh, praise well, well hold on i mean it's not necessarily faint praise like i hope at this point now i think technicalities actually mean a lot to me because the, the type of shit that i watch technical technical shit does mean a lot to me at this point yeah. but also Technicality, but also, uh, the fact is like, hey, look, man, you got fucking Ewan McGregor and Val Kilmer. I don't know what the fuck you said to him <laughs> to do this. And he's just like, Ng-ng-ng. and, uh, I don't know if that's offensive at all. And, uh, is it? I, I can't tell anymore. Well, let's go into 2022 and see if that's offensive, <laughs> uh, to, to all people that talk with, uh, voice boxes. But, uh, you know, the fact that he did all this, I think it is quite commendable that he put together this movie that the end I really um, hated, uh, but I get it from a filmmaker's standpoint. It's like, man, you tried your damnness and you committed to it, and I don't fault you for it. 
I found it interesting. I was like, I've not I seen a film. I don't like this know how, why. How did you find it interesting? I didn't. I, I've not seen a film that, that that was structured like this before. I was like, oh, this was a. This a, felt like Mean Streets, but like Mean Streets, but lame. I don't see that. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, but most critics agree with you. Most people didn't like this. This was roundly hated. Well, it was just it was boring and uh and honestly all the side characters like uh, here's i don't know here's the guy who gave defense to invasion invaders of the lost gold talking about this movie correct (laughs) so uh uh, which is weird as i'm so sorry shiloh fernandez i liked invaders of the lost gold more than your movie (laughs) he'll watch it like what the fuck uh but watch Siege. You'll get it. Uh, but, uh, I, I think that writing a, a mafia movie and making it like low key, which I, the thing is, this, it is a very low key mafia film. Th- this movie, not really a mafia film. No, th- this movie felt like a good first draft. Like watch the Canadian film that we reviewed a couple shows ago called Mafia Incorporated. If you want to watch a tremendously great mafia film you've not heard of. Sure. Uh, but it's, it, and this one is not a film for people who like mafia films. It's a, a film for people who like, uh, one day in the life films. I guess. Yeah. I, but here's the thing. I don't know who this is for. It worked for me. I'm glad. Yeah. Because like, I well, we got to move on. We okay. Gotta move on. Well, yeah. Fuck your birthday cake. Like, uh, <laughs> Wright's still used to doing an entire show on one movie. No, I know. So I, I know. Gotta push I, him, I, we got to. We got to move on. We got to move on. Yeah. God damn it. We were talking about Batman: Last Halloween Part Two because we talked about Part One in a previous we episode. We did, and you know what? Finally, <laughs> we see the Two Face illusion. Uh, like Two Face becoming Two Face in what I still think is one of the most overrated graphic novels of all time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just don't like Jeff Loeb's work. He, I, I'm not a big fan of his writing. I, I felt like this, first off, as a transfer, as a Blu-ray version, which they've already announced a 4K version, which will just combine them into one thing and will undoubtedly be much better looking. This doesn't look great in terms of the transfer. It's kind of sketchy. Can I and ask the first one? Can I ask real quick? This movie, this, okay, wait. I don't watch these movies too often, like DC. Oh, I watch like, them all. I've seen okay. every single one. So. I'm sorry. Condolences. Yeah, I know. Sometimes. Condolences. Um, what, you're still doing the birthday I'm doing thing? the birthday yeah. game. But, <laughs> why does this movie look worse than the first one? Yeah, it does. It does. Why? Yeah. Why? And I, I'm, I'm like a furious about and this. And only like, the transfer. It's not like you... It's weird. Yeah. You're like, why is this so crappy looking? Because um, you can see that the art is fine. There's nothing wrong it's, with it's, the core but elements. But why is it... Okay, wait. Why is the art also slightly worse than the first? Is it? I didn't notice Like that. a dash. Like, I don't know. It just like it just seems like they... I think they grabbed you with the first, which was also like, okay. Not a huge grab. Not a huge grab. And also the second is like, that's where all the shit happens. And also like, ah, I'll give them full credit that they're doing a relatively close to the graphic novel version of the story. I mean, there are some big changes to be sure, but I don't remember the big, but they're doing, they're doing this 
as if it was like a whole season of a thing. It's what it feels like, like a whole season drier sure. drama where it's spending a lot of time with these characters, not in superhero or supervillain mode. And honestly, just like the graphic novel, I found it kind of boring. It's not the, it's not the, um, canon version of these characters. It's an alternate universe version right. of these characters and their right. story. I, just not that interested in this particular version. I know people love all over this fucking thing. I don't hate this. I'm not saying I hate it. I think it's fine. I think it's very well done outside of the transfer. I think it's, I it think is. it's an interesting take on. I'm going to need that whiskey bottle. Take it, please, please. All right. Thank you. Good thank Lord. You. Jesus Christ. Look, God, you drank half of this fucking thing. Okay, don't say that. Oh, sorry. Am I well, we're to say recording. That? Oh, okay. God damn right. it. Sorry. Um, your wife will never listen. To <laughs> so, I don't think. I, I think it's an interesting take on Harvey Dent. It's interesting. He's the only interesting character. He's the this only world. interesting thing about yeah. this, but everyone else, is like, eh. and um, you know. <sighs> I, mean, I don't know. Here's here's what's so funny, is that you know what I did right after this movie. It's like, oh, we have some Batman animated series stuff on here. I'm like, oh, really? You watched that instead and went, oh, this is so much better. I watched that and then I went on two hours of just watching. Like, oh my god, I was twelve. I was twenty. Dude, if I could I, create a time bubble. That I could just go like all time stops and I'm just gonna do whatever I want. I'd probably just rewatch Batman the animated series. God damn it. Like that so show, yeah. man, it, it is so good. Yeah. It's too good. Yeah. And that it kind of spoiled us for a lot of other things. It spoiled us for a lot of things. And like, you know what's so, <sighs> these, <laughs> these people, what people? <laughs> uh, these people, they're so, who, they're so, What's it when someone is like just so over serious about something that isn't worth being that serious about, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, like you want don't want to be an asshole, but you're kind of like trying to hold back chuckles. I'm like, come on, dude, c- calm down. You're like, settle down, Francis. You know, Francis. <laughs> this is what this whole like long Halloween thing Look, feels like. Th- this this seems like it's like, man, you. I watched the. All of the Two Face, like the good Two Face episodes, yeah, like the Judge, There's so the, many good ones. The Judge, and also like, uh, there was the one where it was like, um, him, um, he turned himself in, yeah, kind of thing. I'm like, God damn it, these episodes were so fucking fantastic. Just, written by it's Paul just Dini. so overly stoic. This thing, all right, and this so, one was just like, uh, I don't know. Like the, the first one, like let up I, the thing, this, which I when this started, I was like, what is happening? Because it starts with like Bruce Wayne being attacked by poison ivy. Because apparently, I stopped. I didn't realize there was a post credit scene in the first one. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. a post credit scene in the first one that is. I'm swallowing. I did not see that at all. Starts. It starts from that. And oh, really? Like, oh, I didn't realize. I skipped past that. I didn't realize it was a post. I had no scene. idea. So it starts with that. With like, I just thought it was like cool. Poison Ivy, like forcing Batman under her control to sign all of his assets to Carmine, uh, Carmine Falcone, who is in the early days of Batman, a big deal, and. Yeah. uh uh, so, but Catwoman, who I don't feel like it's been a while since I read the graphic novel, but I don't feel like Catwoman is as big a part of the original graphic novel series as she is here. But, uh, she rescues him, um, 
And it gets back to the holiday killings because the holiday murderer is murdering members of the Falcone family on on various holidays. And of course, your suspect, they point, the film points directly. Okay, so it's Two-Face, right? The guy who we all know, Harvey Dent, is going to become Two-Face. Right. But there's a lot of other people involved and there's like, uh, a bunch of the other villains come out. Scarecrow is a big part of this one. Um, eh. uh, I don't know, man. It's fine. It's I, fine. It's just like, it's just... If, um, you, if you love the original... I, I can't speak because I don't love the original stuff. So I'd be curious. I wish you were that person who loved the original graphic novel, like to pieces, like so many people. I, I didn't love it. I was like, I I read it uh, like years ago. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, it's been a while since it's I went like, back that's, to that's that's all they have. It's like okay, like when I've reviewed some of the other stuff they've done with the DC animated universe that are adaptations of books that I know very well, like yeah. Year One, right? And what have you? I'm like, I have a real opinion about the basis, like what the difference is and what works and what doesn't. And this one, I'm like, it's been like seven years since I've read this thing. I don't, well, man, I, I, really I can't remember the last time I read Long Halloween, but like, you know, it's. It's it's all right, and and like at least it still lands the original. Like it doesn't morph or do anything like with the original ending. I know what it like the original ending is. So if people are fans of it, or like it still does that, but they do I, they do do that weird thing with Solomon Grundy where he's basically the Hulk. I guess. Like uh, I'm watching this. This is not Solomon Grundy. This is just the Hulk. This is like the out of control Hulk. Who's like when Banner, those periods in Marvel when Banner is just stuck being the Hulk, that's who you made here. I'm like, which that's they not do really Solomon I, I will Grundy. say they, they do one scene between Two Face and Salomon Grundy where I was like, wait, is that in the original comic? I don't remember that. And like, it's just them going on the whole like Salomon Grundy morning to Monday. Yeah, which is a, yeah. I, I, like, I don't know. I uh, kind of. Solomon Grundy only works in a horror context for me. Like, if sure. you're going to do EC comics at, like, DC stuff, which has worked with him before, I'm like, ooh, he's super creepy as this strange evolved zombie character. Like, right. that's a cool character, but here he's just the Hulk. No, sure, sure he is, but like, there's a scene between those two is like, I kind of like that. I don't remember if it's in the original comic at all. I'm not drinking your whiskey right now. <laughs> Solomon Grundy. Uh, Drank whiskey on Monday. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If you watch the first one, you should watch this one because sure. you should finish it's it. Fine. And you're it's like, it's fine. It's, it's also Jensen Ackles from Supernatural who plays Batman in this one just got voted sexiest man in the world. He did? Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not surprised by. Good for him. He is the sexiest man in the world. I would highly I mean, I, disagree. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth is still out there. So. Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hardy. Really, Tom Hardy? I never. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I'm not done. Oh, okay. Brian Reynolds. Not for this next one. But hold on. Yeah, you got someone else. Patrick Stewart. I mean, uh, um, uh, Doctor Who. Uh, David David Tennant. Yeah. David Tennant. Yeah. Hold on. Who else you got? Two heterosexual men talking about the sexiest men in the world. Man, man, we're evolved here at Digital Noise. <laughs> man, 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 man. I mean, there are... There Let's are, talk about men. There are celebrities I would no question 
fucking let them do whatever they wanted to with me because I love you are so amazing and hot that I would be honored for you to do things that would not turn me on. Here's here's what I know about this. (laughs) This idea that us unsexy ish men. Yeah. uh, That we was like, oh, let you do what you want. That as if they were like, I will do whatever. And here's what I know about these sexy men. They won't do that. They wouldn't have no... And, we will never and, meet them. And you know what? And they That's would, what's so sexy about yeah, them. Yeah, maybe so. And so that they were like, no, I would only do right by someone else. Like, oh, God damn it. That's why you're so fucking sexy. I mean, my dream is that I go to Chris Hemsworth and I go... Okay. Chris, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on slower. I am your servant. Oh. I am here for whatever needs you have, sexual or otherwise. He okay. Said, my need is yeah. for you to have sex with Scarlett Johansson in front of me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's... And she's like, I'm up for it. I'm that's like, quite, I'm good with that. That's quite the porno. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. quite the porno. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd watch it. a million dollars. I'm just saying. But Bang Bros would totally buy it. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is, in fact, a bonus feature on this thing that I liked more than the actual feature here. Did you watch the bonus features? I this? watched the animated series stuff. Uh, that's it? Uh, I, I, look. No. Look, all the new releases come with short films. Yes. Animated shorts. And this sure. one was a DC, they call them DC short, uh, showcase. And honestly, I, lately, I've liked the DC Showcase more, not even lately, in general, more than the actual features. And this one is the Blue Beetle. Now, I admit, there was mm. an initial bit of disappointment that I'm like, oh, I was hoping for the modern Blue Beetle that hooks up with Booster Gold and does all the time travel weird comedy stuff as like a, I'm still like, hey, CW, I don't even watch your shows anymore because like, I got bored after a while, but oh my god, if you made a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold show, I would watch the fuck out of that show as like a buddy comedy thing. Yeah. Um, but this is the classic Charlton Comics Blue Be- Beetle, pre-Marvel comics, where that character originally came from. So it's adapting from that, and it's doing it in the style of the 70s Super Friends. Really? Yeah, like like that that wacky style, and it brings in the question who is not from the earlier period as uh-huh. a character, but it's all done in a very tongue-in-cheek, goofy, like, retro way, and it's delightful. That is fantastic, because you said a lot of words, and I do not understand. Oh, but that's fair, yeah. But uh, I I don't know the Blue Beetle, but uh, and I don't know the question, but if it's done in the Super Friends, like, genre, like, yeah, the way that it's... It. Yeah, like, yeah, it's playing like with it. It's like Venture Brothers if they did Super Friends. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, I would recommend that. And yeah. that sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's a fun 15 and a half minute, like, little short that's like... 15? Yeah, most of these are about 15, 16, God. 17 minutes. Everything yeah. we do is too long. No, it's perfect. Oh, God. It, it, like, we, it's delightful, right? Don't question it. Hey, speaking of which, next is uh, a little too long. Oh, my God. Are we already ready for you to shit all over one of the best movies that came out this year? Look, let's... The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Let's let's, let's talk about this shit It's not one of the best movies that came out this year, but I'm a really big... I'm I'm not even going to say fan. Stan. I'll say Stan. Okay. Which I'm not entirely clear what it means because I'm like in my fifties. Uh-huh. But I think that means like fan, but more. Oh, okay. Right. 
uh, for the original. You're saying that stands. For the, for the original film, Hit, Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, that came out in 2017 with Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, uh, and, uh, Selma Hayek. I really liked that movie a lot. And most critics didn't. I think it was under 50% on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And I remember I saw it and nobody else in our whole crew liked it except for me and Martin Thomas, one of my oldest friends who's on Double Toasted. We both loved it. We're like, oh, this feels like, uh, Shane Black films from the nineties. Like, uh, like, like these action movie, like hyper saturated fucking, m- slightly meta comedy action movies. I like, I was like, Oh, I get it. I love this. Also, you mentioned yourself, Ryan Reynolds being like a man crush. I'm mm-hmm. a huge man crush on Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Although I, I went like, wait, he's playing the straight man in this film. Well, Ryan Reynolds is usually the guy who's bigger than life here. He's playing kind of more of the guy who's pulled back, even though he is a huge action hero as well. Uh, I really dug that film. So when they announced they're making a sequel, despite the low reviews, but great box office, I was super excited for the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, despite the awkward as fuck title. Sure. Uh, I actually had trouble sleeping last night because, you know, you get those weird things in your brain, like just like a like a virus in your brain. It's where- called cancer. No, uh, this movie, no, we have uh, that question where you go like, if they make a third one, what would it be called? And my brain started over obsessing over it. What, what, like, what did you think sleep. the third movie was going to be called? I don't know. I was, that's what it was. Don't make me not sleep again tonight. Right. <laughs> if I'm not going to make you sleep tonight, uh, sleep tonight, uh, God, Fucking damn it. I just made you watch this. I was like, oh, I just got the 4K for this that just is coming no. out. Okay. And I was like, I'll, I'll put them both on my, um, my voodoo account so you can watch them. Uh, like, because I want to get this review out. And you're like, I haven't seen the first one. I'm like, oh, lucky for you. The first one is also on my voodoo account. So we hadn't seen either wait, one. Wait, hold on. Wait. Focus on lucky. Lucky for you. Lucky. That is extremely important. Lucky what Chris for both just said. Lucky for because both of us. We just watched. Hold on, let me count this real quick. How many movies? I don't know. Hold on. We watched. We watched okay. eight. Eight movies. Eight movies. Is that counting Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? No. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 I it's, broke. I broke right. I won. You, you broke. I won. Uh, okay. Hooray! Look. I'm going to take another shot of your whiskey. No, please do. We I just said earlier I wasn't going to do this. But <laughs> we watched eight movies that I ebbed and flowed, genuinely liked, then loved, then like, uh, then, oh, uh, and then really liked again and loved. Okay. So you you would come out clean. You I would come like, out clean. Yeah. And then, and then, and that's why I'm not close to this microphone. Then you said, hey, can can you watch... The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I was like, oh, no, thank you. Well, yeah, I've heard things about this. No. Things. No, I did not say any of those words. I said, it's like, oh. I'm picturing in your head. Uh, <laughs> I was things. like, oh, no. Uh, well, I, I didn't watch things. the first movie. I can watch the second movie because I heard it was shit. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I can watch this if you need me to. Is this for... Di- I, I actually was like, are you confusing what we're doing <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> like, oh, we're recording? Because, like, I don't think this is a part of Digital Noise. <laughs> Please don't make this part of digital noise. And I was like, no, can you watch? Yeah, can you watch this movie? Also, 
if you can watch the first movie, uh, that would be really helpful. No, do I was like, who hasn't watched the first movie? Uh, most of America, because this movie is dog shit. Um, okay. I don't understand. I find myself in a position where, like, I just don't get it. I have a hard time. Like something is wrong with me. Clearly, because like, clearly, because the book. Yes. This is like twenty something on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, even though it made a lot of money as well, uh, like the first that one. Means which, 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 I mean, that means we're burning jack shit to the ground. But like I'm, I I watched. It, I was like, this is not as good as the first film, which I think is fucking fantastic and i will go back to again and again and again that's so fucking sorry crazy. i don't know i mean that's maybe so it's because i grew up watching the lethal weapon movies and what have you it's not even like me. this is a callback the series who is this out. a callback to it is though it's if look at wait what is his name uh ryan the, reynolds no no that wrote uh lethal weapon shane black shane if shane black watched the movies and he heard you say that he would slap you i don't know he made predators Touche. <laughs> Which but, I also loved for the record. God damn it. I fucking hate doing this. Okay. Look, <laughs> I described the, I, okay. Wait, the mer- first movie, I was so traumatized <laughs> by watching this. That was like, and my girl, I don't understand. It was it, so she, good. She, she's not my wife and she's my w- girlfriend. And she was sitting there and she was watching this movie. And every now and then, when are you going to marry this girl? Someday soon. Yeah, yeah. But, she should do it. Watch this movie. <laughs> she, she watched this movie with me and she was like, this is, this is, this is, this is bad. And I was like, yes, I know. Like five minutes in. It's almost perfect. Okay. Because Patrick Hughes. Now I paid attention to this fucking filmography real quick because Patrick Hughes is the r- director of this movie. Yeah. He does not know comedic timing. What's so oh, fucking I strongly ever? disagree. Ooh, I could talk about it in the fucking hour about this movie. I mean, don't get much- me wrong. He directed The Expendables 3, but that is work for hire. But he also made the tremendously amazing Red Hill in 2010. Sure. But he didn't write this movie because he wrote Red Hill. Yeah. Okay. So he does not know what funny is at all. Because this movie is inc- I are you talking? Are we talking about this movie or the first one? Uh, okay, wait. Let's describe first both movies because okay. buckle up, crew. They're the same movie because I, I don't know. No, they are because they they. Oh God, damn it! They follow the same fucking like uh. I'm st- story trope. Get scared that this is the moment you die. Oh my god! I'm I'm and then I'm gonna feel terrible. Th- this I've never I've, I've met your wife like once in passing. She's my girlfriend, no, girlfriend, whatever. Okay. Same difference. You've okay. been together for a while. We've been but together like, for a while. Yeah, you know, like common law. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to be like, I'm sorry, I stressed him out about making him watch this movie and defend it when I like it, and I'll be like, it murdered him. This movie Look. murdered him as surely as Ryan Reynolds would have. Look, I would have had Ryan Reynolds. Murder me any day of the week if he said that he never made this movie because oh. it, is, it is explicitly clear that he did not have fun. I didn't feel that way at all. Oh, I did feel that way. Samuel Jackson thought he was having fun. 
And well, Samuel Jackson is just doing Samuel L. Jackson. He is. Like, and, and Salma Hayek, Hayek was, oh man, the, the trivia that I read about this movie, and they're like, oh my God, we let Salma Hayek do whatever the hell she wanted. Here's what's really like explicitly clear about this movie is that Salma Hayek got to do whatever she wanted. Uh, Samuel Jackson thought saying motherfucker or fuck eight million times in a movie was funny. Have you not seen the rest of Samuel L. Jackson's movie career? You shut the motherfucker up. Right <laughs> I'm now. just saying. Shut up right now. I, you have there, there is time. emphasis. There is emphasis on you fucking things that he says. celebrated him doing that. Look, film. hold on one second. <laughs> and then Ryan Reynolds just knowing so clearly halfway through this production oh no this is not working i like this i don't know what i think you. he's smarter than this movie i think this is lesser than the first film which i think is amazing b- b- uh, okay sorry i think it's amazing both it's a meta fun like nostalgic take on 80s films but Amped up with like modern day extremism. Wait, uh, it, hold on one second. What? What do you? This know? is this What's is happening? what I described yeah. to my coworkers. I'm crossing my arms now because I make. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm making defensive. you defensive. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, making. Yeah. You're making me defensive. I'm sorry. I described. Here you go. Okay, just well, go ahead. Well, I have a little bit. More. Well, pour more because you need it. Okay, hold on. All right, all right. I described this movie is devastatingly unfunny. Wow. This movie and the first movie is so devastatingly unfunny that I, I was shocked that I, okay. I feel like if Jensen Ackles was here right now, he'd be like, you're not the sexiest man in America saying that. To me? Yeah. He'd be like, you're not the sexiest man. Wait, hold on one second. That's insinuating that I was up for the sexiest man in America. God damn it. Because. Oh, fuck. I didn't I, even realize. I will I take did. back what I just said about the hitman's bo- wife's bodyguard. It is just an honor. Because he's like, well, hold on a second. <sighs> because you were going to be the sexiest man alive. Well, somewhere Christian Bale's like, that was my bit. To the that was my bit right there. <laughs> because this, these movies, one, I get, uh, my first question was, who, who, a light who, who is this for? Me, me. And then me. a young, young 50 year old man said me and right. And said yeah. me. And I was like, Oh no, why am I doing this? Yeah, I, I, all right. So I appreciate your <laughs> sacrifice. I appreciate your sacrifice, as it were. Look, and also sarcasm. Yeah, I, I do. I love sarcasm. So yeah. sure, because right this is fucking garbage. I love this, it. these movies are terrible. Well, okay. I love the original one. I this one I felt like was a little. I, if you want to know about the plot, just listen to the. Why the fuck would you not want to watch the plot? It's the same fucking movie as the first one. It's not though. It's basically the first one. It's got Morgan Freeman. In it, it literally forgets. The like if you can watch the first movie and you watch the second movie, it's like the same thing. Like it's the first fucking movie. It's crazy. I'm weirdly cr- grateful that you hate this as much as you do. I'm glad because 
This is something that I, mean, I think wrong, I would. But you know, because <laughs> this is so crazy bad. Is that I? I feel bad. You know what? I feel bad for Ryan. You know what? I feel bad for, for Ryan Reynolds the most because, like, you know what? This is the first time. I was like, he's an older man than I am. That guy who's like shitting over free man as well, free guy as well, like going like, oh fuck that movie. I don't see why everybody likes it. Chris, yeah. you and I. We're on that review together. Oh, you were on that review. And I love that movie. I love that movie. Oh, that's right. You're the one who loved it the most. I was the one that loved it. You were the, the one most. who was like, who straight up said, I will pay Ryan Reynolds $5,000 if he'll let me suck his dick. I said that. You said that. Multiple times. Yeah. $15,000 worth that times. <laughs> but this goddamn movie, I watched this. It was like, I'm going to have to subtract I'm going to have to lower it to $200. No. Just five thousand dollars less, so ten thousand dollars. I was still paying. <laughs> You're still. It was. I still. I still look. Paid. I'd still pay it, but yeah. This movie, god damn it, it's it's one of those movies where you watch it. You're like, oh, I get it. They saw that you did martial arts <laughs> once, and this is this. I'm sorry, man. This is a slumming it movie. Well, we have to wrap it up, but I will say just like we disagree on this one. I think it's much lesser than the first one, but it's still pretty fun. Uh, there is a nine minute Ryan Sam Salma one fucked up family, which is just uh, little bits from the film cut into interviews. Don't watch Gone it. Gone Soft, the new Don't Michael Bryce, which is Ryan Reynolds this. character. Don't watch any of this. Stop. This is, stop. Uh, seven, seven and a half minutes more of the same. Uh, Hitman's wife bodyguard stunt. Hashtag stunt life for uh, a little under eight minutes, which is look at the thing you'd most curious about. How did they do the stunts? Most curious, like the, well the stunts in this movie, I would say are less than the first. They're very well done. Right. Stop. And on the set of Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard for four minutes, which is uh, looking at the production designer doing a tour through uh the bar in the scene like there's a big bar scene here which is a pretty amazing fuck you right uh stunt sequence i i thought i just rewatched it today i was like that's an incredibly well shot action sequence it is something that you were like you know what i've seen better and you know what you're right and you know what stop listening to this <laughs> And there's a gag reel for a little under five minutes. Anyway, our pick of the week, I'm going to say, is Siege. That's the one we agree on the most. As I would say week. pick of the week is Siege. I mean, if for no other reason that Ro- Rosemary's... Uh, 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 Sharp, Sharp's second. Yeah, I mean, like, that has no real extra features. But no, Siege no, has a bunch of extra features. Oh and you're God. like, okay, that's the pick of the week. And it's like this amazing, it's interesting. It's awesome interesting shit. discovery that you'll be like, how did I not know this existed? I'm kind of mad. I remember I was watching it and going like... I'm kind of angry now. I was no really angry. I was angry me. enough to like, you know what? I really hope that, sh- you know, that Chris doesn't make me watch it. Like, I don't know. Like a movie that wasn't made like this year, but also wasn't like a first movie that was made like a couple no, years I ago. I was just mad that no one told me. I'm the guy who's always like looking for the hidden gems. I was referencing Where are the, the Hitman's gems? bodyguard and the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. And you made me watch it. And God damn it. Like, it's it's funny because I hope. Hold on, I'm yeah. placing bets. The next one's called the Bodyguards Hitman. Hold I on, bet that's what it's called. God damn it! After so, staying up all night thinking about it, that's what I think it's called. Here's the thing: 
is Paul Donovan and Maura O'Connell. From Siege. From Siege. Just so you know this. Hear my sultry voice. That is sultry. Sultry. Oh, goddamn erection, go down. Just know that your movie, The Siege, struck me in a way that I haven't seen a movie in a long time. And the fact that this oh shit of a movie, <laughs> Hitman's Wife Bodyguard, was made for at least, I'm assuming, 18 times more than your movie was ever made for. At, at least. At least. 1,800 times more. Just know you can do it again. And the fact that the world should know where the siege is, and the fact that fucking Ryan Reynolds should know what this movie is and try to remake that movie instead. God damn it. Make a sequel to this movie, no, wait, which wait, he was no, fucking no, bored no, with. I, I'm sorry. You do not want to see Ryan Reynolds in a remake of the siege. Who do you want to see him as? Not as this. Wait, see, what do you want to see? Wait, what, if he was in this movie, what would you want to see him as? Super serious dark thing. I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds with super serious dark characters. I would, I would want to see, I would want to see him in the movie. I would want to I see him. I just want to see him keep playing Deadpool. He, or Deadpool I want to see him as one of the killers. That, one of the men that were killed in the beginning of the movie. Or, oh, wait, as a bad guy? We haven't seen Ryan Reynolds as a bad guy because before. Because no one wants to see that. Let's see him do it. Oh my God, I'm canceling you. Hey, uh, uh, right is raping Ryan Reynolds. Cancel him. Yeah, boy. 